this morning we were here to to bless Cody and Sydney, and honestly, um, I can't express how excited I am, how blessed I have I am to partner with the three of you because Georgia is a part of this, and, and really, uh, the family uh, the family is visiting right now, but family that lives here, uh, you're all a part of this because it takes a village and it takes a community. And uh, not only do we benefit here at Living Water, but this entire city benefits for having the three of you here. And uh, we are just so blessed and honored, honestly. Uh, we're excited for what God has for us. And, and this morning, as I was, I was thinking about this, uh, it, it's, it's funny. We're here, we're ordaining uh, um, Cody or another, other play, people use the word. We commission and we commission Cody and we commission uh, Sydney. But uh, the truth is we are actually all called, we're all commissioned, and, and sometimes we need a reminder of that, that we are all commissioned to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and uh, if you've been in church long enough, you'd be really familiar with the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and go and make disciples in all nations and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And um, I feel like, and I'm going to make a generalization. I'm not saying it's everybody. I'm not saying it's you. But in gen generally speaking, uh, um, we have taken that statement, go make disciples, and we've kind of changed it to go make converts in all the worlds. And, and, and there's a difference here. And uh, when you look at the word disciple, disciple uh, has culturally built into the understanding of this word. Disciple simply means pupil. It means someone who's learning. But built into it is this understanding of deep relationship growth in community, investment in one another. And it's, it's a small thing. It's, it's a small group uh, because you can't invest in too many, right? And so even Jesus had 12 disciples. And culturally, when, when you were a disciple, you are a small number of many. And it was a personal investment in each other. And that's going to be the theme this morning, a personal investment in one another. We are all called, we are all commissioned to personally invest in each other. We are designed and built for relationship in community, immersed in the spirit of God, growing together. You see, this is the mission. This is the commissioning of the church. This is what we're called to. We're called to one another. More than just the church, it's the church. It's the person beside you this morning. It's the people around you. It's the people that you realize aren't here this morning. It is, it is the investment in people. And when we ask the question how, uh, I think there's lots of, of different things. But this morning, I want to focus on the individual and not the program. Because there's lots of programs that, that focus on discipleship. And there's lots of programs that focus on, on connecting people. But this morning, I, I want to talk about us individually. Because God is interested in us individually. And, and sometimes it's really easy to forget that. We get lost in the big scheme of like North American church. Is that God values and loves us individually. And he works and uses us in other people's lives. And so uh, this morning, there's lots of places I, wanna, I can go, but I want to start in the gospel. I want to start in, in Mark. And this is what Jesus says in Mark 12. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to this debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is, to, is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, 
The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teachers of religious law, the teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is one, only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and with all my understanding, with all my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the men understood, Jesus said this, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. See, essentially, culturally, what this religious teacher was asking is, what law, what command, what thing can I do to make me right with God? To put me in right standing with God? And Jesus defined it in two things. Love God and love others. To love God and love others. Really simply put. And when I look at this, I see two things. I see an inward focus and an outward focus. And I believe the love of God is an inward focus. That our relationship with God, our connection, our true relationship with God is an inward thing. And then it expresses itself outward as we love others. An inward and an outward expression. And to me, this is this commissioning. This is what we, the church, are called to follow the example of Jesus that says, this is how we love God and we love others. The beauty of this is what this religious teacher didn't yet understand or know, is that Jesus would be enough. That Jesus would die and, and, and rise again. And so this morning, uh, regardless of where we find ourselves in our walk with God, if we have a walk with God or not, or maybe we were saved a long time ago, but we've kind of you know, drifted away, whatever, whatever it is, this is it. That Jesus has made us right with God. There is no command. There is no law. And better than any sort of religious service or act we can do, this is what we can do. We can love God with full sincerity, and we can love others. And this is the mission of the church. And, and church, I, I don't want us to be confused by that. It, it, it's kind of that simple. And so this morning, let's start with loving others. Even though it's backwards in order, I, I want us to start there. Now, near the, the end of, uh, of Jesus' time here on earth, he, he's with disciples, he's continuously warning them that he's going, that he's going uh, to die and that he's going to rise again and they're not, they're not going to see him any longer. And this is one of the final things that he taught his disciples. He said this in John 13, verses 33 to 35. Dear children, I will only be with you a little while longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, John, in another letter that he wrote, probably just after this one, said this in 1 John 2. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but rather it is an old one that you have heard from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you have heard before. It is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. While the world doesn't physically see Jesus, 
We demonstrate Jesus with our words and with our actions. When we love one another, and I wanted to read that second part, uh, 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 that second verse in 1 John, because sometimes, and I've sat under that teaching, and we look at, at Jesus in John saying, your love for one another will show them that you're my disciples. And people would say, well, yeah, that's when, when we love each other in the church, when we, we get along, disciples, that, that's how they'll know. But it, it's, it's, it's greater than just in this house. It's expressed outside of this building too. That when we love and when we act like Jesus, we become and we demonstrate who Jesus is. And while it is not a new commandment, I believe it's part of our understanding that we're growing into that love and our love for one another is the true demonstration of the person of Jesus. And there's so many examples of Jesus demonstrating this when he was here on earth. We could talk about the Samaritan woman, and, and, and there's so many boundaries that Jesus broke, so many uh, uh, misconceived ideas of how we were supposed to respond to people that, that he broke there. But one of my favorites is, is Jesus' response to a woman who's caught in adultery. And if you know the story, you'll be able to follow with me. But if you don't know, here's kind of a quick summary. Uh, um, um, these teachers of religious law had caught a, a, a woman committing adultery. And we need to understand that if a woman's committing adultery, so is a man, right? But here, the woman is brought out in front of Jesus. And their law said that the woman deserves to be stoned. And so they asked him, Jesus, are you going to stone this woman? She was caught in adultery. And Jesus' response is everything that we need to know. As we look at this, Jesus didn't call out the man who was also involved in adultery. He didn't call out the religious leaders who knew the man was also committing adultery. He didn't call them out. He wasn't like, uh, um, anyways, he didn't call them out. And he didn't even call out the woman who committed adultery. Instead, I love this picture. And this is the picture I have in my mind because I see it with, with, with kids. Jesus got low. He got down to her level. He bent down. In the midst of her shame, in the midst of her guilt, in, in the midst of her condemnation, Jesus got down and he loved her. And he made this statement, go and sin no more. And sometimes we see that and we think that's the command, that's the command of Jesus, that we're supposed to go and tell people to sin no more. But when I look at that, there's, there's a beauty that I see in the actions of Jesus. Because so often we define ourselves and we label ourselves by our wrongdoing, thinking we can do no other. We call ourselves liars. We call ourselves broken. We call ourselves addicts. We call ourselves cheaters. We, we define ourselves by our mistakes like we can't do anything else. All this woman has ever known is this, that she was lower than anyone else and she was an adulterer. And Jesus makes the statement, you are too good to stay here. He calls her up. You see, Jesus sees us for who he has made us to be, not what we have done. This morning, this is the gospel. That while even in the midst of sin, Jesus said, I have died for you. And he sees us as right standing with him. He sees us as holy. He sees us as righteous. And this is the action of Jesus. He gets down to where we are right now this morning. And he calls us up. And this morning, like John taught us, we need to follow the example of Jesus. This is our calling, 
I believe this is our commissioning. This is our ordination. That we demonstrate to all that they belong in relationship with God. Everybody belongs in relationship with God. Because God has already paid the price for them. God's attitude towards every single person is restored relationship regardless of what they're done or doing. Jesus loves us. In a time of incredible identity crisis, whether it be sexual identity, whether it just be cultural identity, racism, I mean, it goes on. There is so much going on in our culture, in our world. This is still true. Like Paul taught us in Romans, that while we were still sinners, while we still miss the mark, Christ died for us. This is the message that we, the church, need to carry with our words, with our actions, with our attitude. Our commissioning and our calling is also to believe this. <laughs> If we read the verse of Jesus teaching this, he says, love your neighbor as you love yourselves. If we cannot believe for ourselves, church, that we are loved, that we are accepted, that we are forgiven, that we are filled with his spirit, that we are, we are called righteous, if we can't believe this, then we can't effectively demonstrate this. In fact, sometimes a lot of judgment that is reflected out from the church is a reflection of their own shame and guilt. And this morning, we don't stand condemned before Christ, but we stand loved, accepted, forgiven, and empowered by the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And not only are we called to believe it, but this is part of our commissioning, that we would bring others around us into believing this. This is part of the relationship, that in relationship with another, with each other, in connection with each other, we are growing in the knowledge of God's love together. We're growing in the knowledge of his grace for us, his incredible love for us together in community. This is the discipleship that we begin to learn who God is and who we are because of Jesus Christ. Through relationship with each other, we grow in this. And this is our commissioning. The first command there was to love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And, and, and I, I, one of my favorite passages of scriptures is, is a letter in John, 1 John particularly. And this is what John says in 1 John, earlier in chapter 2. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living the truth. But those who obey God's words truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. 
Pastor Jen spoke last week, and she put it so well, better than probably I could have put it. While Jesus has, has made us righteous, has made us holy, we are also becoming righteous. We're also becoming holy. While Jesus has given us and called us to our elevated place, seated right, right beside Christ, we are still becoming that very thing. And it's that becoming that is demonstrating our love for Jesus Christ. It's that growth, that, that loving God and growing in his love, becoming who he has made us to be. It's this upward journey. And I love this picture. It's this culturally Jewish picture of, of we talk about in, in church, and you've probably heard this before, kind of this cycle of sin, that we're right with God, we're doing good, we're doing our devotions, then all of a sudden we trip up, we miss the mark, we sin, there's this time of separation, and then we ask for forgiveness, and then we're right with God, and we're in this circle. But culturally, it was never designed to be the circle that doesn't end. It was designed to be this upward spiral, that the gaps between our separation, our walking away with guilt and shame with God, is, is becomes ridiculous. And we're, we're moving on up. It's this upward cycle of growth. Uh, let me give you an example about last summer. Uh, I have these things where I decide I'm going to do things that I can't do. And I don't know where it comes from. I think it's just, I'm like overtly positive and, and, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. Like how hard can it be? We ever heard that statement? Uh, um, I decided one day, I was watching, I was actually watching the, uh, the, the uh, um, oh my gosh, the Europe Cup. That I, just, I know what an Italian I forgot what it's called. Anyways, in Italy wins. And I'm watching soccer. And I'm like, woo, Italy, my heritage. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to start running. I haven't run a day in my life. I don't, I played soccer, but I never went for a run. And, and, and I decided I'm going to go for a run. And so I, I remember walking out the door and I just started running from, I live a block and a half away from the church. I didn't even make it to the stop sign. Like I'm talking, I'm telling you guys, I didn't run very far. And I think I hurt my calf. And then I came home and I thought I needed a plan. And so I love technology. There's this great app called Couch to 5K. Has anyone heard of it? You've heard of it today. You want to run a 5K? That thing works. And it starts you small. It says, run for a minute, walk for three minutes. And so you run for a minute, and you walk for three minutes. And then I forget the progression. But then it's like, run for three minutes, walk for a minute, uh, run for a kilometer. The next thing you know, you're running a kilometer. I remember the first time I ran a kilometer. I'm like, come on. Actually, my very first run in a very, very long time was with my daughter, Hope, back there. And we decided to run this trail. And it's right by my house. And as we're literally running from the door to the driveway, I could not breathe. And I remember running my first 1K thinking, oh, there's this, ah, it's addicting, right? And I didn't get a runner's high. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe I'm not a runner, but people say they get it. And I remember the first time I ran 5K without stopping. My good, maybe that's the runner. I'm, yeah, you can do it. But it's a progression. You get there. Becoming is this progression in our relationship with Jesus Christ, in our relationship with God. When we understand that God loves us, nothing we can do that makes God love us any more or any less. That even while we were still missing the mark, Christ died for us. We are righteous. We are holy. Yet we are becoming. And maybe that looks like one minute of running and three minutes of walking, but then it progresses to three minutes of running and one minute of walking. And it's this growth in relationship and it's this growth in the cycle. But this morning, this growth happens in relationship with one another. If we treat our faith like we are on an island by ourselves, we are going to burn out. It is like running without 
the app, the Couch to 5K. It's like, I'm going to get out of the door and I'm going to run and we're going to pull our calf and we're going to remember that we're 40 and we're going to give up. And this morning, that's not the design. But in relationship with each other, we can encourage each other. Because I might forget the minute that I fall down that I'm not worthy, but someone beside me can remind me of this truth, that you are worthy. Get up, Sam. Go and sin no more. Call me to who I am. You are righteous. You are, praise Jesus. I had a popcorn seed stuck for like a night and a half. It's gone. <laughs> Woo! Anyways, <laughs> right there. All right, that's gross. <laughs> Such an important point. Um, <laughs> that's who we are. Church, we're loved. And we're called to let others know the same thing. That's it. In our relationships, in the church, and outside the church. This should be the predominant thought. When people are around us, they're loved. They're accepted. They're forgiven. They're empowered. Anything less of that is beneath our calling. And so I'm here to tell you, church, begin to rise up to that calling. Make disciples. All of this is designed for community. And you saw me talking about it last year. I'm going to be talking about it again this year. We need to invest our time, our energy, in loving people, in being with and surrounding ourselves with people. This isn't a message to just the extroverts. This isn't introverts run, hide, and cry. This isn't about your personality. It's about your call. And God knows exactly who you are. And relationship doesn't have to look the same way for everybody, but it does have to involve people. Invest in our community. Love. Invest in truly loving. That God, you would give me your heart. Love each other in actions and in words. Reflect belonging. Let's believe together, church. Continue to confirm, to love, to accept, of acceptance, forgiveness for ourselves and for those around us. And church, let's become together because this is a heck of a lot more fun together than on our own. So this is our commissioning as a church. This is our ordination as a church. And this morning, I'm just going to close in prayer, uh, uh, um, imparting this anointing that, that we, the church of Powell River, and wherever you're from, some people aren't from here, so just, I don't know where you're from, so I'm not going to say where you're from, but you just say it in your head. Say it out loud. I'm not that easily distracted. That the church of Powell River will go out and will demonstrate love. We will love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. We will work together on becoming who God has made us to be. And we will love others as we continue to grow in the ability to love ourselves. Join me in prayer. So Holy Spirit, this, this I pass on. 
We, 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 we pray anointing, empowerment of your church here in Powell River and every other city represented that's listening and that's here this morning. Father, that we would carry your, your, your spirit, that we would carry your love, that we would carry your grace, your acceptance into the community that we live in. Father, where we have demonstrated or acted out of our own fear, our own guilt, our own shame, God, we, we receive your forgiveness, we receive your grace as we continue to grow in the knowledge of your love for us, as we continue to grow in your absolute grace for us, Jesus. I pray that you would protect this community from, uh, I don't know, any example from the church that just isn't you, Jesus. And I just pray your help. Teach us to be like you, Jesus. God, you demonstrated love. You demonstrated calling people higher. You demonstrated how to walk filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, we ask, just as you did, that you would do through us. Father, I pray for uh, uh, things like our community groups, on all these different things, that God, you would truly build your church and you would grow in it as desire and as longing to be together, to grow together, to love together, to be Jesus together, Father. I pray that as we grow in our relationship with you, God, you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, our hearts to understand, God, what, what you are calling us to do in our own community as we go out and be the church and demonstrate and be you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Can we pray your favor and your blessing all over us? More of you, God. More of you. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Well, we got a barbecue. We're going to fire up around 1130. That's next door. We're going to celebrate Cody, Sydney, Georgia. I encourage you guys to give them a high five. Let them know that you're there for them, that you love them. This morning, as you go, go in the knowledge that you are loved, and I'll go demonstrate that love.